Well, I honor all the mothers and all the women here today and all you men that got drug here because of your mother. I'm proud of you for coming. And ladies, before you leave today in the lobby, for all the adult ladies, we've got a little wow notebook. And there's a little card in the back. And this is a testimony card of me. Because when I fell two months ago, the minute I fell, I heard the enemy say, you'll never write, you'll never draw, and you'll never paint again. And I was so mad when I fell because I was going to decorate for the mission banquet. And I knew it was the enemy because I had the same feeling as when I fell in Africa and broke two fingers. And um, I just said in my spirit, I said, I recover all in Jesus' name. And so this week, Tuesday, I had taken this picture a couple of weeks ago in Colonial Williamsburg of the spring in one of the houses. And I painted this for you. And Grace so graciously shrank it and put it on this little card. And then scriptures from the message are in there. So that's a bookmarker for all you ladies. And this is a testimony that Jesus is the victor. And I'm here to say... I recover all. Even with a plate and five screws, I'm believing God that those plate, that plate and five screws will either be flexible or disappear. But I'm doing phenomenal because of God. And that's what my message is about today is courageous women recover all. And, you know, there's a lot of courageous women in the world, but the courageous women of God recover all. You know, we are not promised that everything in life is going to go good. And usually it doesn't. We all face challenges. We face disappointments. And life just doesn't go the way we always think it should. But God... But God is there. And, you know, as women, we face these challenges and just trying to raise a godly family in the world that we live in is a real challenge because of the corruption in the world. But with the Lord, we can do all things. First John 4, 4 says, I overcome all because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You know, we have that within us. We have the ability to overcome whatever life throws at us. You know, we, we all want things to go just perfect in life. You know, we, we don't want to be sick. We don't want to lose loved ones. We don't want to face challenges. But we do. But the Lord, the Lord is with us. And I want us to um, look at a lady in the Old Testament that had a lot of disappointments in her life. And this uh, comes from 2 Kings 4, verses 1 through 7. I'm not going to read all this because it's a lengthy passage, but I'm going to talk to you about it. In this scenario, there was a woman, and her husband was one of the prophets with Elisha. And he was a very godly man, and he died. 
And he left this woman, his wife, with no money. And they had two sons. And they had debt. And so the creditors had come to the woman after the death of the son, after the death of the husband, and came to her and said, we're going to take your two sons and make them bond slaves to pay your debt because you have no money. And you can imagine this woman's heart is already broken. She has no money. And now her sons are going to be taken from her to pay the debt. She faced incredible disappointment, incredible bad circumstances. But what did she do? When she faced this circumstance, she turned to God. She knew that she could go to the prophet and talk to him, and he would give her good counsel. And you know, when we face life's challenges, what do we turn to? Do we turn to the word of God? Do we come to church still, or do we withdraw and turn to our own ways? Or do we call the psychic, or do we call the friend that has bad news anyway to give us more bad news? So this woman was smart. She chose to call the prophet. And when she called the prophet and got to talk to him, He asked her, he said, what do you have? And, you know, she could have been real offended by that and said, well, you should know what I have. I have nothing because my husband's dead. I have no no money. She probably didn't have much food either. And she said, well, I have one pot of oil. And uh, he said, well, go ask your neighbors to give you vessels And she's probably thinking, what does this old man think I am? My heart is broken. He's telling me, go to my neighbors and borrow all these vessels. And can you imagine what they said to her when she went? She's going and saying, can I borrow some um, jars? And they want to know, why do you need jars? Because the prophet told me to go get jars. But you know what? She was obedient. She was obedient to the word of the Lord. And when she went and got the jars, then the Lord blessed the oil. She started pouring. She poured one jar, and it was full. She poured another jar, and it was full. Another and another until there were no more jars. And she still had some left over. And then the prophet told her, take this oil and go sell it and pay the debt. You know, that's a very unlikely circumstance, but because of her obedience, she did what she was told to do, and God made a way. You know, don't doubt in the dark what God has spoken in the light. This is why it's so important that we fill our life day by day with the word of God because there's going to be a night season in all of our life and when you hit that night season if you don't have that oil inside of you of the spirit and the word you're going to turn to something else you know the minute I fell it was just a peace came over me 
I was in excruciating pain, and actually I went into shock. They had to lay me down. I was in so much pain, but it was like I had peace. I was mad at the enemy, but I heard those words, you recover all. And, you know, that's what it takes in each one of us to rise up and say, in God, I am going to recover from whatever I'm going through because he's already made the provision for us to recover. Heidi Baker, um, a missionary in Mozambique, she's got tons of orphanages and outreach in Mozambique, and she's been over there for many, many years. Um, a while back, it's been several years, God had told her to go into a remote area in the bush, and we're talking about very, very remote, nothing but just bush and people. And the people had come and walked and walked for miles and miles and miles because they heard that she was coming to minister. And so when the people got there, torrential rains came. And we're talking about over there, it can be such a torrential rain that it can wash out a whole village. But the people were there and they stayed but there was no food, and they could not get back home. Heidi preached, and I'm sure many were saved, but the people couldn't get back to their villages yet, and there was no food. And so she started praying. And if you've ever met Heidi, you know this woman is a woman of incredible faith, childlike faith. And she just, she just prayed and said, God, you know. I obeyed you, I did what you told me to do, and these people are hungry, there's no place for them to eat, they cannot get home, but I'm believing you for a miracle. Well, it wasn't long after she prayed, they heard something, and it was a huge cargo plane. And this plane happened to be full of food. And it had to make an emergency landing. So guess where it landed? Right in the middle of where all these people were. And it landed in this muddy, muddy area. And it got stuck. And so to get it out, they had to give away all the food. <laughs> Imagine that. Because one little woman prayed, obeyed God, did what God told her. People were fed, people were saved, and people were delivered. And just like the woman with the pot of oil, if she had not obeyed, if she'd, if she'd sat there crying in her own pity, she would have never gotten what she needed. You know, we all have times that it would be easier for us to just sit there and feel sorry for ourselves and just say, you know, my life is so bad. But you won't get anywhere with that. I've been there. I think we've all done that. All it does is open a door for the enemy to come in and lie to us. And when we open that door, then he comes in with a multitude of lies against ourselves and against God. But that act of that woman's faith brought an unlikely answer of deliverance. 
Courageous women also declare the kingdom of God with their mouths, even when they don't see it. Ephesians 3.8 says, Unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what we could think or ask. You know, God already has the answer for every problem we will face. He's already got the answer, but he's waiting on all of us to cry out to him, to trust him, to believe him that he can make a way. Now, it may not be the answer that you expected. I'm sure that woman with the pot of oil didn't think that God was going to get her out with a pot of oil. She probably thought, well, somebody could just come and pay off my debt, but God made a way. It was an unlikely way, but he still made a way. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You know, all of us, every day, we have opportunities. Are we going to speak what God is saying? with this word? Are we going to side with what the enemy's saying? And you know, some days we fail because we side with the lies of the enemy. But when we realize we've done that, what we need to do is be quick to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. I, I sided with the enemy. I didn't believe what you said. But that's why we must put the word of God in so that we can proclaim what God says. Another, um, another example of this is in 2 Kings. I love, I love First and Second Kings because of Elijah and Elisha, because they were miracle people. And I love the miracles. And so I was talking to Russell the other day. I said, you know, I, I really like First and Second Kings because Elijah and Elisha did what was right. They had miracles, and they weren't like a bunch of those other people that went away and did what was wrong, and they were bad, and the next one after them was worse than the one that was before. And I just said, God, I don't like reading about the bad ones. But I like to read about the good ones. But, you know, all of those that failed are an example to us. Even though some of the things are not what we like to read, it's an example for us to learn from. That's why it's important that we read the whole Bible, not just the parts we like. Because the whole Bible is the whole counsel of God. But in 2 Kings 4, uh, 8 through 37, I won't read this whole passage, but I'll give you the uh, scenario of it. In this passage, we see another woman and her husband, and they made a, they made a little room for the prophet, Elisha. When he passed through their region, he, they fixed him a little bed and a candlestick and, and just a place where he could come, come and be at their house and rest when he was traveling. And he was so blessed by this that he called her and he said, what do you want? What can I pray for you? How can I bless you? And she, she didn't have a child. And in that culture, it was, it was a terrible thing not to have a child. So he blessed her and he told her, you will have a child. You will have a son. And it happened just like he said around 
the next year when he came back, she had a child. And, you know, when he blessed her, she told him she was a really gutsy woman, and she said, don't deceive me. She, like, don't pray this over me if this is not going to really happen, you know. And I think that's the way we need to be. We need to be serious that we believe the things of God. We take God's word, and we, we stand on it. And it happened after this, this little boy grew some, where he was big enough to go work with the men out in the field, that one day something happened. It doesn't tell us exactly what happened, but something happened with his head. And they brought him back to his mother. And his mother, you know, I'm sure was very concerned, and he died. And you can imagine, after she has waited all this time, and she's promised this child, and then the child dies. And so what the mother did, she told the servant, go get me, a, um, I guess, a horse or a donkey or something, and, and bring it to me quickly, because I've got to go find the prophet. So she went and found the prophet. She didn't even tell her husband that the boy was dead. She went and laid him up in the prophet's room. And she came to Elijah, and when she um, got there, he said, is everything all right? And I love this. She said, it is well. You know, that's the voice of faith, calling what is not as though it were, was and um, after a while, though, she told him that her son was dead. And he said, well, I'll send my staff, and you can lay it on. And she said, oh, no, you're going with me. You know, and I imagine there was some conversation. You promised me that there was going to be a son. You promised me that there was going to be a child. And this child is dead, and you want me to take your stick and lay it on him? No, you're coming with me. So he went with her. He went with her. Don't mess with a determined woman about their kids. You will not win. I can tell you, you will not win. What does the Bible says about um, uh, don't about the um, bear with the cubs? Don't mess with them. Don't mess with them. You won't win. But you know what? This woman had great, great faith because she didn't doubt the word that she was given in the light, even though it was the darkest hour of her life. And Elisha went up in the room, stretched himself out over him, and he came back to life. Came back to life. You know, I know that there's people in this room that have lost children, you've lost a mother, you've lost a father, you've lost somebody in your life, and you feel like all the life has been sucked out of you because of losing them, but the Lord wants to stretch himself out over you today and give you new hope, give you a new life that you can go on in life because he loves you and he's there. And then there's another part to this, that courageous women 
to recover all. They have to be willing to fight for their families. You know, the enemy is always trying to capture our family and take them into his camp through sin, through sickness, through distraction, through many, many ways. He tries to come in and grab our family members and take them into his camp. And in 1 Samuel 30, verse 1 through 8, this happened to David. David had been fighting the enemy, and uh, his wives and children were at Ziklag, and the other men's wives and children were there. And they had gone off to fight the enemy. They were doing what was right. And when they came back, their family had been taken. Ziklag had been burned. Everything was gone. All their wives, all their children, everything was lost. And the men, it says, the men wept till they could weep no more. And you know, there is going to be some kind of time in your life that you weep till you can't weep anymore. Because you are so broken with the circumstances in life. But you know, God doesn't lose those tears. When you pray and you weep before God, God does not lose those tears. God does not lose those prayers for your family either. And the men were so upset with David, they talked about stoning him. You know, not only had David, was he worn out from them fighting, He'd lost everything, lost his family, his children. All of their stuff was gone, and now the men want to stone him. But what did David do? It said, David strengthened himself in the Lord and asked the Lord if he should pursue the attackers. And the Lord answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely, without fail, recover all. And I want to tell you today, if you will serve God, no matter what you've gone through, if you will serve him and go after him, you will recover. You will recover from the bad circumstances because God is the God of hope. You know, my mother and father, my father had Alzheimer's for three years and my sister and my mother took care of them. And it, it, was, it was a terrible thing. But during the last few days, well, the last month of his life, we knew that he had truly accepted God. And uh, a week before he died, he went into, like, I, th- I think he went, it, went to heaven. And he came back, with, and he said, you know, people would be crazy not to serve God. And then after that, my mother had Parkinson's, and she was sick for about three years. And the last six months of her life, she was just totally bedridden. And, you know, this was a very, very godly mother. She had taught Sunday school all of her life, lived for God. And, you know, it broke our heart to see her suffer. And we prayed and prayed, but she still suffered. But that was not God putting that on her. You know, when bad things happen, the enemy comes and says, if God 
really loved you, why would this be happening? But it's not God. We live in a sin-cursed world. We live in a world that's fallen from grace. And there's sin and sickness in this life. But this life is not all there is. And, you know, it took me a little while after she died because she suffered so much. And the enemy kept trying to replay all those scenes of her suffering. And um, one day I was praying, and the Lord let me see her in heaven. And she was beautiful. And she was just so gorgeous and well. And I saw my father there, too. And they were so happy. This world is not all there is. And I, I encourage you today, if you've lost a loved one, know that God knows the pain of your loss. God knows the pain of the sickness that you've dealt with or your family has dealt with. Because when he died on the cross, not only did he die there for our sin, he died there for our sickness, our pain, our brokenheartedness. He's taken all of that for us so that we could go free. So what did David do? He set his mind on God and not the circumstances that he was facing. In Psalm 16, 8, it says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. And it's like I said, when we face these bad things in life, the enemy comes in with lies. And he'll tell us, because I've heard them. And I'm sure you've heard them too. If God really loved you, you wouldn't feel this way. Or if God really heals, why did your relative die? Or if if God really cared, why are you struggling so financially? He comes in with all of these lies to accuse God that God is not good. But what does the word say? The word says in Romans 8, 37 and 8, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. And it also says, in, I think in that chapter, about what can separate us from the love of God. Can tribulation, can all of these other things separate us? It says no, nothing can separate us from his love. And 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And then I love this in Deuteronomy 31, 8. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you always. You know, no human can make that promise to us. But God made that promise that he would be with us always. So David encouraged himself in the Lord. He prayed, and David got it all back. They went in. They got their wives. They got the kids. They got their stuff back. God prevailed. And, you know, sometimes we have to hold on in prayer and prevail for those family members. This um, circumstance that 
my family has just recently walked through with my niece that was here a couple of weeks ago and gave the testimony. For a year, she'd had a mental breakdown. At Christmas, she could not even tell us our names. Her grandkids were all around her, but she, it was like they weren't there. And we were just so heartbroken with all of this. But back in the summer, I was praying at the early prayer here at 5 in the morning. And I encourage you, ladies, come to the prayer meetings. We have a prayer here at 5 in the morning. There's not a lot of us, but we're real terminators. If you get up at 5 and you come pray, you're a terminator. And um, we have great results. And I was praying one Friday morning, and praying for her, praying in the spirit. And I had a vision. I didn't have it with my eyes, but I had it in my spirit. And I saw myself flying a cargo plane. And uh, I think I shared this at one of the services. But I was flying this huge cargo plane. And in the back, there was no cargo, but my family was back there. And my niece was back there, and all the family was back there, and nobody was in seats. Nobody was strapped in. They were all flying around, bumping off the sides of the walls, and everybody was screaming, and it was really bad. And I thought, you know, I am flying this plane, and it is a terrible storm. It was black. There was lightning going across the front of the plane. And uh, I thought, God, this is really bad. This is really bad. And at that time, all my family was so distraught with what was going on with my niece. You know, we were all praying, we were believing, but everybody was so distraught. And all of a sudden, I looked to the right, and Jesus was just sitting in the cockpit beside me. And I just looked at him, and I thought, Okay, you're going to take over? You know, is everything going to be all right now? And I looked at it, and he said, take your hands off the instruments. And I did. And when I did, the plane went upside down. And they were really screaming in the back then because we're all upside down. And this was the time period when she got worse. You know, we were all praying, and it was just going Everything was getting worse. And all of a sudden, Jesus just put his hand on the instruments. And I saw we flew into a blue sky. And I thought, well, thank God. It's blue now. And then within just a few minutes, we landed. And the back opened, and my whole family came out as a glowing white ball. And I thought, wow, God's going to heal her. She's going to be okay. And this is exactly what happened. But you know, before it got better, it got a lot worse. Her hands began to draw up. Her hands were like this. And then one night, um, Brian called us probably two months ago and said, I can't even get a pulse on her. I think she's dying. And we just prayed and told him to get her to the emergency room. And she was in the uh, hospital for 29 days. But we prayed in our God, and you saw the testimony. But, you know, somebody had to go into the enemy's camp 
and stand in prayer. And this is what the Lord is saying to all of us. We've got to stand for our families. We've got to stand even when we're hurt and we're disappointed. When, we, when life's not going the way it should, we have to stand because God is still good. And Jesus is still the victor. It might not turn out the way you wanted, but Jesus went to hell for us. And he has all we need. The victory's already been paid, and he is good. So don't believe the lies of the enemy. I was praying this week, and the Lord gave me another vision. And some of you think, well, she just has visions all the time. Well, not all the time, but I do have a lot. But that's the way the Lord deals with me. And it's scriptural because he said he would deal with us with dreams and visions. And I have both. But now all my dreams are not from God, but trust me. <laughs> trust me. There were snakes last night, and I thought, oh, no, we're not doing the snake dream. No, 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 we're not doing snakes. So all dreams are not from God. But I was praying this week, and in this vision, I saw a woman. And this woman had had some terrible things happen to her. And each time, the devil would come to her and say, God did this. And it'd knock her down like she'd been kicked. And then another terrible thing happened. And she was knocked down again. And then a third time. And the third time was such a hard blow, she couldn't get up. And she just lay there, hopeless. But Jesus walked into the room where this person was. And he said, darling, come here. I want to heal you. And he gave her the strength to get up. And when she got up, she went over, and he let her sit in his lap. And he took his robe, and he just put it over her, and he healed her. And that's what God wants to do for each one here, not just the women, but the men too. He wants to spread his robe over you and heal you of the pain of life that you felt like giving up, you felt like there was no hope. You felt disappointed. Some of you have said, life shouldn't be this way. Life shouldn't have turned out this way. And some of you, I really feel like you were abused as children. And you've gone through life, and all your life you've said, it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. It wasn't. Because the devil is... Is our enemy. But that's why Jesus came to break the power of the enemy. For this very purpose was the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of the enemy. And today, the Lord wants to spread his robe over us and show us the goodness of God. It's running after you to heal the pain, to heal the broken dreams. I want to ask all of the ladies to come up. Wow, what a wonderful group. 
God has goodness for each one of you. He has goodness for all the pain that you've gone through, all the disappointment, all the brokenheartedness. And I know for a lot of people, Mother's Day is a very sad day because you don't have a mother. Or maybe you have a mother and they were not a good mother. So it can be a hard day. But you know what? The Lord wants to spread his robe over you today and give you that peace and give you that love. He wants to give you that love that you've always wanted and only his love can satisfy. Lord, I just bless each one of these women today and I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that the trauma, that the disappointment, that the brokenheartedness is broken because the blood of the Lamb. I thank you, Jesus, that you took all of our pain, all of our shame, so we could go free. And today, I speak a blessing over these women, a blessing of freedom, freedom from the past, freedom from the pain, freedom from the shame. We just bless them today with your presence. And I believe right now, Jesus, you're spreading your robe over them and spreading your incredible love over them. Father, and I just declare today, it's a day of hope, that it'll no longer be a day of sadness, but it's a day of hope because Jesus is the victor and you are giving them courage to be victorious in you. And we thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name.